We've got to tell you about the Relief and Recovery Creams from Escape Artist. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that's prioritized quality and consistency. Escape Artists have produced these creams to help penetrate deep muscle tissue discomfort that's fast absorbing. And plus, these creams are not greasy and aren't going to stain your clothes or sheets. The best part is you can find them at your local light shade dispensary. There's 10 in the Denver metro area, soon to be 11. And Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And now podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you as always by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee is going to improve the quality of your morning, much like it's done so for me, especially since it helps clear up chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, so much more than that. It's rich in CBD and CBG. And the best part, it can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, plus zero coffee jitters if you need to pound three or four cups a day. Now you can get 25% off your first purchase with code DNVR25 at Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we're going to run through the top 10 moments in my book for 2021 for Colorado Rockies fans. As I made this list, I did think, well, in 5, 10 years' time, we may see things a little bit differently as far as what these special moments were, what are going to be the things that end up lasting for a decade or more. That's a slightly different list. At least it's a different order of the list. Nevertheless, we're going to get through everything. Larry Walker's Hall of Fame and number retirement. Where's that on the list? Herman Marquez and Ryan McMahon, their big performances, the near no hitter, the three run home run game against the Diamondbacks, respectively. Trevor Story's goodbye. Where does it all rank? We'll cover that today. The top 10 here on the DNVR Rockies podcast. We're also giving you some free content that you can check out on the DNVR.com right now. It's only 50 cents for your first month. Annual membership does get you a free t-shirt. But if you do just follow along the podcast and aren't a member, that's quite all right. You can go on and check out the best of DNVR Rockies in 2021, the nearly 100 or so articles that we published this year and plan on probably doing close to 200 next year based on all the plans that we've got brewing up at this point for 2022. But so many exclusive articles, so many breakdowns of prospects and transactions this offseason, as well as the trade deadline on July 30th this past year. And while we are incredibly proud of what we were able to produce in 2021, I know 2022 will be, no joke, twice as good. It really will be. And this next week or plus of podcast is going to be twice as good as normal. If you were able to join in to the YouTube broadcast on Tuesday at the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube, as I mentioned, we had a fantastic broadcaster roundtable where I really wanted to bring together a group of broadcasters, play-by-play broadcasters at that, at various points in their career for the most part. And I was able to do that. Drew Goodman, obviously, he's in-house. You hear him at least once a week on our show, as well as on the Drew Goodman podcast. We had Mike Rice from KOA, Jack Corgan's right-hand man, doing games 
for the Rockies on radio, as well as a kid on the come up who went to Legends High School in Parker, Colorado. He's one of our own, and he's been doing big things since the Grand Junction Rockies closed up shop. He called games for the Grand Junction Rockies in their final season in 2019. He's been on the show a couple times since then and has latched on this past season with the Quad Cities River Bandits, a team that actually won High A Central. They had the best team, best minor league affiliate for the Kansas City Royals as well, with some definite future big leaguers on that roster. And so we had an amazing back and forth about some stories of the road, some of the lessons that you learn by being a broadcaster, as well as lessons not just for working in sports media and journalism, but lessons for life about how to treat people and how to respond when you hear no from someone and how to persevere even when you might be filled with a lot of self-doubt. And I, I can't forget that one of my biggest takeaways was a guy, again, who's on KOA radio and is doing it. He's doing the damn thing, said, you know, I really don't know that I feel like I've arrived yet. And I feel like that every single day where I still have a lot more that I need to prove. I still want to provide better coverage. I want to improve. I want to get better. I love that constructive criticism. So if you got any of it, some of you have already reached out in our members only discord. Well, if you're not a member, that's fine. I still want to hear from you. Email me Patrick at the DNVR.com as well as on Twitter at Patrick D Lyons. Also had a really cool conversation with one of our favorites from purple row, Justin wick, where we tried to predict in a sense what MLB will look like in 25 years. We went over some of the rules that are being applied to the game now and discussed if we like them or not, what tweaks should be made, what can happen with the future of the Hall of Fame as far as ballots go, as well as players who are in the Hall of Fame right now and they're sort of nefarious figures. We even got into some new rules that we could see implemented by 2046. So keep your eyes out for that, as well as tomorrow's commercial-free, ad-free edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast. We've got Mr. Zips himself, Dan Zimborski, coming on, talking about how he comes up with his projection system. Where do these numbers come from? They're not terribly favorable right now for the Colorado Rockies. I think they might be fair, but maybe we can find a couple holes in this system and figure out, hey, you know what? Maybe this guy will be a little bit better than predictive, or maybe... The predictions are a bit favorable. We'll get a better understanding of that from Dan Zimborski himself. Really excited to bring that conversation to you on Friday. But in my 10th spot for the best of 2021, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I got to cheat a little bit. It's going to be a hodgepodge of a bunch of different things. Got to talk about CJ Crone's August. He was the NL player of the month for August. Becomes only the 11th player to win player of the month. And in fact, listen to this list of players that he joins. These are literally the only 10 players who have ever won a player of the month award for the Rockies. Andre Scalaraga, Dante Bichette, Ellis Burks, Larry Walker, Todd Helton, Matt Holliday, Troy Tulowitzki, Carlos Gonzalez, Nolan Arenado, and Charlie Blackman. CJ Crone is now on that list for his 34 RBI, 18 runs scored, 36 hits, eight doubles, and 11 home runs in 26 games during the month of August. Absolutely outstanding. He'll be back on a two-year deal worth $14.5 million for 2022 and 2023 as 
one of their top prospects, Michael Tolia, gets himself ready for the big show. Lucas Gilbreth, Colorado product, Legacy High School's own, another left-hander that's a Colorado native that is on the Rockies' 40-man roster and really 26-man roster because he got an, a lot of action. From July 17th until his final game on October 3rd, only Aaron Loop of the Mets last season had a better ERA. Gilbreth had a 0.69 ERA amongst NL relievers. That's right, an ERA less than one since just after the All-Star break. Got his first career save, did an amazing job suppressing the home run ball. He stranded runners 93.2% of the time. He is an exciting guy going forward here. In fact, on Twitter, if you're not already following us, at DNVR underscore Rockies, we had a cool survey about who is the closer of the future. For the Colorado Rockies, you had a couple options, Tyler Kinley, Robert Stevenson, Lucas Gilbreth, or other, if you thought it's a fourth candidate I didn't name. Well, guess what? You picked Lucas Gilbreth. He's an exciting young man. Certainly not a bright spot in the season, but a memorable moment, that being Sam Hilliard hitting a home run just days after his father, Jim Hilliard's passing on September 17th, him taking right field and having a moment, I imagine not just to himself, but with his father, taking those moments to give praise, show respect and honor his father with, I imagine, a, a, an amazing back and forth for everything that his father did to get him to where he is, to, to instill the love of sport and baseball in particular. And so that was a moment for me, I will not forget anytime soon. Jacob deGrom's performance against the Rockies in that split seven-inning doubleheader in game one. Six innings pitched, 14 strikeouts. Ryan Altapia with the big home run. Somehow, Rockies found a way to hang in on that one. We also had, going back to April 2nd, game number two, yeah, the Coors Cat. There's, there's many Coors Cats, as we know. But that cat running out on the field, that was only the second game of the year. It was a wild time, to say the least. And maybe even wilder than that was the Dodgers' base-running blunder with Cody Bellinger's outside-the-park single. Think about that one. Not inside-the-park homer. Ball stayed inside the ballpark, and you touched all four bases. No, actually the opposite. The ball went over the fence. It went outside the park. And yet he only got a single because he passed the runner on first base Justin Turner, as Rymel Tapia, did an amazing deke. Sort of similar to soccer, how soccer's got their flopping. Well, Tapia maybe sold it a little bit enough. He really collapsed and crumpled to the ground with, with the air and wind taken out of him. But you know what? It was enough to confuse everybody in the ballpark. And sure, Justin Turner ends up scoring. But instead of it being a two-run home run, it was only a one-run play. And the Rockies got an out because of it. So... That was how the season started. That's number 10, the hodgepodge of interesting events. If I missed any on this list, please, please let me know. Number nine has got to be Ryan McMahon's three-homer game on April 6th against the D-backs. This is a, one of those moments where you may look back in five, 10 years and say, that was a much bigger deal, especially when you consider he was just the fourth Rockies player with 14 bases in that game, because he did hit a double. He had three homers, had a double, which tied a franchise mark with Arenado in 2017. 
Larry Walker in 2004, and Jeff Cirillo in the year 2000. What's crazy is I didn't hear tons of people really buzzing about this game. I think because it came on a Tuesday night, first and foremost. It was against the Diamondbacks, and it was a 13-inning game that the Rockies lost. It was one of those strange ones. But McMahon hits two home runs off Arizona starting pitcher Luke Weaver. And the final one comes against a lefty. Got to love that. Against Alex Young. Goes 415 to right field on the first. 420 to center field on the second. And then against the lefty Young. Goes 412 to right field for his third home run. Only the 18th time a Rockies player has hit that trifecta in the first since Trevor Story's big three home run game went down to one knee, hit one 505 feet. That is until they recalculated and took away a good 20 feet off the end of that. But that happened in September of 2018. Got to say thank you to all the fans coming out to those Nuggets watch parties this week. We'll have them back for the Avalanche, of course, once their games start up. We always have the sound on. Creates such an amazing atmosphere when you're down on the corner of Colfax and York at the DNVR bar. Broncos watch party. We've got a couple more of those coming up. You can also join the actual Broncos tailgate on Sunday, January 9th against the Chiefs. It'll be the last one of the year. Members, you get a discount on that tailgate ticket. You get all you can eat sexy pizza, all you can drink Breckenridge Brewery beer. You can also take the shuttle. You can buy your ticket at dnvrlocker.com. That's where all of our cool swag, hats, shirts can be picked up. You get a bigger beer when you're down at the DNVR bar. And even if you're not a member, if you just want to hang out with someone who is one, Come on down during happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m., drink specials, appetizer discounts. As I said, we've got a members-only Discord, so you're able to reach out to me and all the other hosts and personalities and communicate with fans and, and make some new friendships. We've found that that's actually been a big key for people meeting up for the first time, that they've been friends through the members-only Discord, and now they're starting to get back together down at the DNVR bar, and we love being part of those new friendships that get discovered. We've also discovered Snooze Mattress as one of our newest sponsors. It's Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com. They make a mattress that's designed to fit every body. That's right. It's the world's first four-in-one mattress. It allows you to choose soft, firm, cozy, or cool. You can flip it to choose your comfort level and then zip it with a reversible and washable temperature-regulated cover. It comes back with a 122-year warranty. Can't beat that one. It's made by Colorado and designed for the world. And now when you use code DNVR, when you visit snoozesleep.com, you're going to receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base when using code DNVR. Also, if you get the dual split king with adjustable base, you get $1,000 in savings with code DNVR. I mentioned sexy pizza. You're probably saying, what the heck is that? Well, well, it's a pizzeria. They've got four of them right here in the Denver area, Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. They've been around for 13 years right here in our Denver community. They make made-from-scratch-each-morning dough, hand-tossed deck-oven pizza. They even support various charitable organizations in and around Colorado. In fact, if you want Sexy Pizza to support your organization or event, go to www.sexy.pizza and check out their about page for the donations link to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. And for those of you in South Colorado, guess what? Their new location in Trinidad, Colorado is now open for business. If we're talking about surprises and players who made an impact in 2021, I gotta say, Brendan Rodgers 
is officially open for business. At least his stock is. He came out finally healthy. He did have a late start to the year. Wasn't until late May because of more of those injuries. But at that point going forward, he was healthy. Once he got back on track in early June, he hit 15 home runs in his final 92 games of the season, which was tied for sixth most in the NL for a second baseman during that span. He had 51 RBI over the course of his 100-plus games. He had a slash line of 284, 328, and 470. He became the latest in a growing line of second baseman for the organization who've hit as many dingers. Of course, McMahon's got the record 24 homers in 2019. LeMahieu, 15 in 2018. And so now you got to throw Brendan Rodgers in with that mix with his 15 home runs. Very exciting to see what he's going to do with a full 162-game season ahead of him for 2022. What could have been more exciting this past season than the 12 walk-offs? Oh, my God. Franchise record, 12 walk-offs. It's, in fact, in the top, I believe, like 5% of most walk-offs in a single season for any major league team. I know number 10 all-time is 14, so they are not far behind that. In fact, their 12 walk-off wins made up for 16% of their victories. Think about that one. Going down to the last minute, winning at home, took the entire 26-man roster to pull through and win a lot of these ball games on any given night. Charlie Blackman had three walk-offs, as well as Elias Diaz. And in particular, you know, Elias was starting to come alive in June. And then right there at the beginning of July, he helped sink the Cardinals on the 4th of July weekend, provided his own fireworks. It was incredible that he was able to have two walk-offs in the course of four days. He had another one. Not much longer into the season after that, August 22nd, if you remember, against the Diamondbacks, Garrett Hampson hit the pinch hit, two-run home run to tie it with Diaz, his three-run shot that gave Colorado six straight victories at home on August 21st. A bittersweet moment, maybe more bitter than sweet, but we got to say goodbye to Trevor Story. It wasn't the final game of the season, but it was his final game at Coors Field on September 29th, sure, we can put an asterisk next to it because, yes, he may not be a Rocky right now. Will he not be one at the beginning of next season? I think we all see the writing on the wall. There are some folks out there talking about, hey, he might come back on a one-year deal. You know, he had a down season. He was a little banged up. There's some questions about him. So you know what? Come back to Colorado. We try to reclaim some of that value, but I think he can probably reclaim even more value elsewhere because no matter who you are, no matter what kind of career you've carved out for yourself, anytime you're playing for the Colorado Rockies and at Coors Field, people are going to be doubters. People are going to look at your home road splits and are going to have questions about whether or not you can do it somewhere else for 162 games. And that's unfair. We know about that. And Trevor knows about that as well too. So even if he would, have to take less money to go elsewhere. I think it could be better for his stock, might give him a much better chance to win a championship. Even if he were to go to a place like New York for one season or St. Louis or Houston for one season to give him some better value and go back out on the market in the 2022-23 offseason. Regardless, the point is we feel like it was goodbye for Trevor Story. Everyone reacted that way. He reacted that way. He broke down 
and was in tears multiple times during those final few days in that national series. And I can't deny that it didn't break my heart a little bit because this is a guy that gives nothing less than 100% in everything he does. And that's not just a guy who does all the little things well on the field. It's a guy that does the little things well off the field and is a leader to his team. That's why Charlie Blackman, as the de facto captain of this team, told the rest of the crew, we're going to sit back here for a second and let Trevor have his moment. He comes running out, bounding up those steps and looks back and says, Charlie, you so-and-so. And that's it. Trevor has his moment out there. It was really unlike anything I think we've seen since Todd Helton said goodbye at the end of the 2013 season. And for him to go around and touch his heart and, and shake some hands, give some high fives to the fans, those of you that stuck that game out, that's another element to the whole thing that really made it such a somber moment. If you remember, there was uh, maybe a two-hour rain delay. It was wild. It was wild. And for a one o'clock game, you know, the game didn't actually get over until something like seven o'clock. It, it was a late one, but nevertheless, it was a major moment. And he's not the last piece from that 17, 18 run. Charlie is still there, but for a fan base and even for the media, we never really got a chance to unpack or at least to say goodbye to Nolan Arenado. That was just something that happened really in the middle of the night. In fact, it did. I, I remember many of the details because of certain things going on in my life at that time, but it was late on a Friday night that the deal had been agreed to. That was January 29th. And of course, if you look at the transaction page for the Rockies and the Cardinals, it doesn't say February 1st because that was when it was finalized, but it was a way to not sneak it under the radar, but not make the normal impact if you would have made that deal on a Monday morning, everyone would have been talking about it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as it were. Everyone talked about it behind the scenes and with their friends over the weekend. And by the time Monday rolled around, it wasn't as huge of a story. It was still a very big story. But you know what? They tried to take the air out of it just a little bit. And I think that was some of the emotion that you got to see out of not only Trevor, but out of you and out of us in the media, that we were getting a chance to say goodbye to Trevor Story and the last significant piece from those leaders in the consecutive postseason appearances. Speaking of Nolan Arenado and those walk-offs from Elias Diaz there in early July, at number five, I've got to put the 4th of July fireworks, the literal and figurative ones, against the Cardinals. The Rockies were really on somewhat of an upswing. They weren't getting the wins on the road at this point. That really didn't start coming together until September where they weren't such a pushover, but they were really starting to groove at home. They took three out of four from the Cardinals, a team that we know didn't click until September for themselves. You had the two walk-offs. You had 162,000 fans come to the ballpark for those four games. That is a huge, huge number. And you can't forget the moment for Nolan Arenado, getting that standing ovation from the fans, Elias Diaz going out to the mound, 
to give Nolan that moment that just didn't seem to end. It was a moment that had been building up for nearly two years. I mean, think about it. September 29th, 2019, you come to the ballpark, you get an amazing walk-off win against the Brewers. You spoil their season because revenge is a dish best served cold. That's what the Brewers get for knocking out the Rockies, sweeping them in three games straight in the 2018 NL Division Series. But you say goodbye to Coors Field. You say goodbye to the Rockies. We'll see you next April for opening day against the Dodgers, the home opener, I should say. And a lot changes in the world after September 29th, 2019. You're not allowed in the ballpark at all throughout the entire of the 2020 season. In fact, it doesn't even get started until July 23rd. And then as the vaccines start rolling out and there's some promise of normalcy in the summer of 2021, which we were able to get, Nolan Arenado is traded away and you never get that chance to say goodbye. You never get that opportunity like we did with Trevor Story. And so that was a moment that was building up for a very, very long time. That's why that's my number five moment in the 2021 Colorado Rockies season. Before we get to the top four moments that made you smile, remember the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take a lot of credit for a lot of those smiles that we've got from our Colorado sports fans around town, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they are also extreme Colorado sports fans like all of us. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. I have a Sonicare toothbrush that I had to purchase many, many years ago, and I'm still using it close to eight years later. Not the bristle. I replaced that bad boy out. But the base itself is fantastic. They're giving away for free when you schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group. The NFL season is winding down, as we know, but the playoffs are going to be here before you know it. And at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the offers are getting even more amazing. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Don't miss out on this action. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get NFL action with same-game parlays. That's when you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. And the more legs you add, well, the more money you're going to win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team. And you're going to win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You should know by now that your Colorado rugby team is back again for 2022, but now they're known as the American Raptors. If you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they're a top-notch group of athletes who've already competed at the highest level of their respectable sports. We're talking wrestling, soccer, track and field, basketball, football, baseball, you name it. 
Our guy Colton Strickler is on the ground. He's got it covered for you on the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to learn more about Rugby with Colton's 101 Rugby podcasts with exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches. Plus, the DNVR Rugby podcast provides betting advice on the Super Rugby that starts at the end of February, two months down the line. Conveniently, right when football season finishes, make sure you're tapped in to what Colton's doing on the DNVR Rugby podcast. You can also head over to AmericanRaptors.com to score your free tickets or just to stream their games. All that and more can be found on AmericanRaptors.com. Number four on the top 10 list of memorable moments for Colorado Rockies fans this season has to be Herman Marquez's near no-hitter. It was a game at home at Coors Field, June 29th, against Pittsburgh, a game that he took the no-hitter into the ninth, got to the precipice, similar to Kyle Freeland back in 2019. And keep in mind, this was less than a week after he had that kind of stuff in Seattle through eight innings, only gave up two hits, gave up the one run. This time, he would not give up the run, did give up that one hit, in what has to go down as one of the top five performances by a starting pitcher in Rockies history, only through 92 pitches. It was his first time pitching a shutout on less than 100 pitches. That's also known as a Maddox, after Greg Maddox, who would frequently throw shutouts in less than 100 pitches. And if you like a statistic created by sabermetric guru Bill James to help quantify a starting pitcher's performance. It's something called game score. Well, that outing from Marquez is the fourth best in team history at Coors Field behind only John Gray's 16 strikeout performance in 2016, Jeff Francis's two-hit shutout in 2006, and Chad Bettis's two-hit shutout in 2016. But in Erman's instance, he had the no-hitter going into the ninth. So you were on the edge of your seat. It's something that still gets brought up. Adam Maris, you know him from the DNVR Nuggets podcast. He's always talking about and always referencing and always curious about how Herman Marquez is doing because that night as a baseball guy in the middle of his offseason, his Twitter was blowing up with how excited Rockies fans were as we all were on that night. And so number four on the list has to be Herman Marquez's near no-hitter prediction for 2022. Yeah, I think number one's going to be Marquez's no-hitter. He actually throws one this time for next season. Do need to give a shout-out, of course, to Antonio Senzatella, who had a seven-inning shutout in Los Angeles on August 29th, and Austin Gomber, eight innings of shutout ball on June 14th at home against the San Diego Padres. Number three, and as I say this, I'm not kidding you, I did not realize the symmetry of having Larry Walker's Hall of Fame enshrinement and number 33 retirement. The fact that I put that at number three, I'm literally realizing it right now. How perfect is that? He's the 333rd player in the Hall of Fame. You know, we've talked about this a lot on the DNVR Rockies podcast, this thing about representation, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, no matter your background, you want to see people like you doing amazing things because it, makes it all the more believable and all the more feasible that, you know what, this path that you may be heading down, these dreams that you may have, they really can come true. You don't have to break through some kind of glass ceiling in order to make your dreams become a reality. 
But sometimes that has to happen first. And Larry Walker was the first one to break through that glass ceiling. You know, before Larry Walker, there were literally zero people in the Hall of Fame that had any association with the Colorado Rockies franchise. We're talking no coaches, bench coach, bullpen coach, nobody associated with the organization was in the Hall. Front office people, no one who had even played a week for the Rockies had been in the Hall of Fame until Larry Walker. And so that was such a huge moment. If you go back and listen to that podcast from that night in January of 2020, it was even captured on video. I know the Rockies followed us around. We had an amazing Sabre event. So proud to be a member of the board there and everything that Manny Randawa and guys like Dan Evans and our president, Paul Parker, were able to do to help get more attention to Larry Walker in his 10th and final year on the ballot. And to be in that room with all of those people and to celebrate and to hear president at the time, Tim Mead, say Larry Walker's name. It was a moment where the Rockies had finally arrived. They were a baseball team starting in 1993, but they were a true baseball franchise on that day when Larry Walker became a member of the Hall of Fame. So we had to wait a year because of the pandemic. And then another month because they had canceled the ceremonies and said, well, you know what, we'll do it in September. And that's all right by me. Would have been better to have some, some Colorado kids in the audience making the pilgrimage out there with their father, uncle, mother, aunt, grandparent, whatever it is. It would have been great to be on that lawn at the Clark Sports Complex in Cooperstown to hear Larry Walker speak about what his time in Colorado meant discuss how Todd Helton deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. We'll certainly be talking more about him this offseason as he is in his fourth year on the Hall of Fame ballot. And to cap it off, a week or so later, Larry finally got his just desserts at Coors Field by retiring his number 33, hanging from the second deck next to Todd Helton's number 17, and the icing on that cake, a gold ring around Walker's number 33 with a small plaque beneath it with the letters H-O-F. Because he's not just a guy with a retired number. He's a guy whose number is retired and who's also in the Hall of Fame. And that's something that obviously Larry is incredibly proud of, as is his entire family. But it's something Rockies fans can be incredibly proud of. And I really think that this is almost a blast of water through the dam. And it's really going to start pouring out. People are a lot more aware about the effects of Coors Field and the home road splits and how they're not truly indicative of a player. I think that's being broken down a little bit more day by day by day. We've got a long way to go. And the more conversations you can have with people that aren't from this fan base or happen to just move to Colorado, let them know about the effects of playing at altitude and the disadvantage that the Colorado Rockies have had for their entire existence. Because when they go down to sea level, that ball moves a lot differently. They're the only team that has to deal with those ridiculous adjustments over the course of a 162-game season. And so Larry Walker's enshrinement in the Hall of Fame, his number getting retired, the number three moment for Rockies fans in 2021. 
Number two has to just be all things all-star game. Maybe it's cheating. Maybe it's not. But you know what? I wanted to really highlight some of the people in and around the Colorado Rockies organization and those great games because the all-star game is a baseball moment. And much like with Larry Walker's enshrinement in the Hall of Fame, it was also a Rockies moment that Rockies fans were able to take some ownership over for, again, the first time in some time. After 2017 and 2018, when the Rockies made the postseason, it really felt like you were an outsider after that 2009 postseason run. Almost a decade of having any relevancy outside of Colorado. And to us and to Rockies fans and to those that follow this team closely, they're incredibly relevant to us every single day of our lives, especially in the season. But when you hear from people outside of our market that it doesn't matter, well, that's really where it starts to sting. And you can get a little bit bitter. This summer was a time not to be bitter, but it was a time to be joyous. For those that weren't able to get a ticket to the Derby or to the game itself, or even to the Futures game and Celebrity Softball. Those things are not cheap, but hopefully you were able to get a ticket to FanFest. Now, this was one of those events that when they moved the All-Star game from Atlanta to Colorado in early April, I was very much worried that this great experience wasn't going to be there because you typically take two or more years to plan an all-star game and all of the surrounding festivities. To do it in a mere months seems almost impossible. And guess what? MLB and the Rockies pulled it off. And they pulled off a fan fest. For me, I was able to get an autograph from an athletics legend, a guy who's a borderline Hall of Famer, shortstop Burt Campanaris. I learned a lot from all the different stations and booths around there. I particularly spent a lot of time at the Rawlings baseball booth. I wanted to know a little bit about the construction of the baseballs. Wasn't able to get all the information about the factories down in Costa Rica that make them and things of that nature, but learned about, again, the commemorative baseballs that are used. Some are made just for sale, and they're not used in the game because I saw some interesting stamps commemorating players, you know, certain milestones or final game or final season, and I thought Chase Utley had a, had a baseball with a stamp on it that they used in the game. I don't re really remember that. That's going to mess with a batter's eye. So it's really only special circumstances that they tinker with those pearls. Got to see some of the baseballs used in the last 30 All-Star games with the different color stitching for some of them. There was an exhibit that had all of these great end-of-season awards. Hank Aaron Award. There was even... There was even the T-Mobile Home Run Derby Award that was on display that was about to be delivered to Pete Alonzo in the coming days ahead. There was a Hall of Fame exhibit. You actually got to see Larry Walker's SpongeBob shirt on display. Yes, there were a lot more other important artifacts in baseball history than a SpongeBob shirt. But as far as current and modern, hip, and Rockies-related, that SpongeBob shirt is as much of an artifact as you could possibly think about. There was even an area dedicated to custom cleats, which we know has really grown in popularity as Major League Baseball has kind of scaled back their restrictions on those kind of things. Got to hit some baseballs in a batting cage that was set up on Welton Street outside of the Denver Convention Center. I got a cool poster from Tops by answering a couple of trivia questions. I was a kid in this candy store. It was a day that I did not have any press credentials on me. I went with my wife 
immediately. We got there as, as soon as possible, as soon as everything opened up, because I wanted to feel like a kid again to the previous fan fest that I had gone to and just got to enjoy baseball, which I'm lucky enough to do every day. And, and you guys were lucky enough to, to go and be a part of that as well. And so I really want to hear about your experiences. I heard from some of you out there, but I know more of you got to go and participate. Maybe you haven't had a chance to stop and think about what you were able to do there in the middle of July during the all-star game festivities. You also had that home run derby. You had that moment where the entire stadium is chanting for Shohei Otani. Otani, Otani. What a moment, especially as he was struggling at that point. And I think the fans at Coors Field brought him back to life, got him in a, a tie, hit 22 home runs in that first round against Juan Soto. They went to sudden death. They tied up again at 28. Soto did eventually go on to win that matchup against Otani. Trevor Story got to win his first round matchup against Joey Gallo, a player who was, in many people's eyes, one of the favorites in the Derby, he hits 20 in that round, the most in a round by a Rockies player. Hits 12 more in the next round. So overall, 32. And hey, he even said it immediately after. How many did Chuck hit? And he knows he got one up on Charlie Blackman. And so most home runs in a home run derby, you got to see it live with your own eyes right in your backyard at Coors Field. It was one of the many highlights of the All-Star game. The game itself was fantastic. Herman Marquez had a 1-2-3 inning. First time a pitcher for the Rockies had featured in a game in quite some time. It was just an amazing time to be alive in Lodo and in Denver. Various events going on around town as well. And for the city to turn out the way it did and for the city to be rewarded, it really was a proud moment for the city of Denver, the state of Colorado, and for all of Major League Baseball because... I think a lot of people forgot how great the fans are in Colorado, how beautiful of a stadium it is at Coors Field. I know they say it, but I think they forgot. And they forget the atmosphere that Coors Field can bring when it's packed out with 45-plus thousand fans. And that ultimately leads me to the number one moment for Rockies fans in 2021, and that was you getting back to the stadium, to get back to your cathedral. As I said, September 29th, 2019 was the last game at Coors for the pandemic. That was 550 days. I don't think I've ever gone 550 days without watching a professional baseball game in my life. I've had periods where I couldn't get to the big city to go to a game or scrounge up enough cash to go. But I had minor league baseball games to go to at that point. Right? Maybe you go to a game late in the summer and the next year rolls around and spring is already wrapping up and you go, shoot, it's been close to a year since I've gone to a game. It's been maybe 10 months, 11 months, but close to a year. We're not talking about 365 days. We're talking 550 days. Everyone had to wait to get back into the ballpark. Now, of course, that capacity was limited to just over 20,000, but from zero fans to 20,000 fans, that was a lot. We had opening day 2.0. It was against the Pirates. Only 32,000 showed up. And on June 28th, during that three-game sweep of the Pirates, 
But once the 4th of July weekend came, as I said, 167,000, packing out 20th and Blake for that four-game series, the All-Star game being standing room only. Even if you had a ticket, you were standing at some point because of the amazing moonshots that were going off any and everywhere. And yeah, there were moments where there were two balls in the air at the same time. That was something that we talked about in the post-derby podcast that Mike Redmond needed to throw those baseballs a lot quicker. He was following the rules. He was waiting for the baseball to land before he was throwing pitches to Trevor Story, but nobody else was doing that. And so that maybe cost Trevor Story, but hey, I'm over it. Clearly, as as you can tell, I'm not bringing it up now some six months later. But to get everyone back in the ballpark and to get texts from friends that I get to see ever so often and get texts from people that I have not met yet are members to DNVR or people I've just interacted with on Twitter. Said, hey, I'm at the game today. Well, hey, come meet me behind home plate. Let's say hi. Let's let's chop it up for a couple minutes or an inning because we miss that social aspect of going to the ballpark. And in any other year, opening day or a random game on June 28th wouldn't be the biggest moment in any season and probably shouldn't be in the grand scheme of things. But after everything we've all dealt with in the past two years and everything we're still dealing with, that was a special moment. And it's something that, now in the wake of this lockout, we're still in the middle of it. It's, it's not even necessarily the wake. It, it's still going on. There's a chance we may have to wait a prolonged period of time before we get our game back at Coors Field. Opening day may be March 31st. The home opener may be April 8th against the Dodgers. But we're not guaranteed that once again. And it isn't because of a, a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-century type of pandemic, it's because of the financials of the game that we love so much. We are being held hostage. Fans are being held hostage now with this lockout. And we hope that in the new year, in 2022, at some point in the early part of January, not the middle, but the early part of January, these two sides start to make proposals to go back and forth, get closer and closer to the middle where they can agree and say, you know what? I get a little something you get a little something, and we can have baseball back on time. We don't miss spring training. So many of you out there are listening down in the Phoenix area. That sometimes can be the only time you get to see the Rockies. It can be a little bit more affordable as well. And to have your spring training taken away, much like it was in the second half of March in 2020, we don't want that to happen again. We just got it back finally. We just got it back. Don't make us wait. Please. Please. So if you're listening to this now and you happen to know a member of the Players Association or someone who owns a Major League Baseball team, play them this back. I think you know maybe that'll do the difference. Maybe, maybe that'll make them see the error of their ways and go, yeah, you know what? We really do need to make sure that we preserve this game once and for all and we don't have another backslide like we did because of the pandemic. And if that happens and you play them this clip and it works, I don't even need to take any of the credit for it. Yes, I'm, I'm being very sarcastic here. But nevertheless, we want this game to be back on time. We just got it back. So those are the top 10 moments for Rockies fans in 2021. 
Number 10 was a hodgepodge of all your favorite events. If I missed one, you got to let me know. Give me an earful at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. Let me know or email me at Patrick at the DNVR.com. We had number nine, McMahon's three homer game against the Diamondbacks. The emergence of B-Rod, Brendan Rodgers. The 12 walk-offs at number seven. Number six, the goodbye to Trevor Story. Number five, the 4th of July fireworks against the Cardinals and Nolan Arenado. Number four, Herman Marquez's near no-hitter. Took it into the ninth. Couldn't get it done. Number three, 3-3, three, three, Larry Walker's Hall of Fame enshrinement, as well as his retirement ceremony for his number 33, which will never be worn again by another player in Rockies history. Number two, all things all-star game. The Fan Fest, the Derby, the game itself. Three days of pure bliss at Coors Field in lower downtown Denver. And number one, we're back. We are back at the ballpark. We don't know what's going to happen this winter. We may need to go back indoors, but come springtime again, we will have our baseball back so long as the MLB and the Players Association sort this thing out. Thanks again, as always, for tuning into the DNVR Rockies podcast. Remember, if you're not a member, 50 cents for your first month. Just give it a try. I guarantee you will not regret it. 50 cents at the DNVR.com. Still more great shows. One more with Dan Zimborski tomorrow, as well as the roundtable with the broadcasters next week and baseball in 2046. How's that for some good math? 25 years from now will be 2046. I don't know if I'll have flying cars, but I do know the game of baseball will look a lot different. And me, Justin Wick, we're going to speculate on what that game may look like next week. As always, for DNVR Sports, I'm Patrick Lyons. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. <laughs>